0: Scott, the second time that we get to talk about DaBaby on this uh, on this opus of Triloquy. I'm sure you hadn't looked, you didn't think that was coming up. Huh?
1: No, and the first time that I heard about this artist was in Detroit during the Sphinx Conference, and here
0: we are again. Let's get into it. I'm Garrett McQueen. I'm Scott Blankenship. And this is Triloquy, true and real stories from the fringes of classical music. The first opus of Triloquy for Women's History Month. So happy Women's History Month. A great time to explore some of today's and uh, some of the past's uh, really important women both in and outside of classical music. We have two really important women uh, on today's opus of Triloquy. uh, Katie Brown and Delaney Harris, hosts of the Classically Black podcast. We uh, recorded this uh, conversation Uh, last month when the both of us were in Detroit for the Mm -hmm. Sphinx Conference, so looking forward to sharing uh, that conversation with you. But I wanted to um, open up uh, this Opus of Triloquy um, by shouting out um, a couple of women composers. You know, there are names that um, have become more popular these days, like Clara Schumann or the late, great Florence Price, but there are still multitudes of uh, women composers both living um, and gone who don't always, you know, as as we say, get their flowers, who who we Mm -hmm. don't always celebrate as much as we do uh, some of the others are there any women composers that come to mind uh, when you think about those overshadowed traditionally yeah and
1: the she's alive Dobrinka Tabakova mm-hmm. okay and she has uh, a cello concerto that is amazing and that is kind of the the, the the extent of what we've got and she's got other stuff out there that's just as gorgeous and she writes in a way that is fresh but also seems familiar
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, that uh, cello concerto, I, I think I've said uh, uh, here on the podcast before, was actually a part of my very first broadcast ever. So, you know, she's mm, also that's right uh, yeah. a, a really important uh, composer uh, to me as well. And, she, you know, and again, her, her music really just speaks for itself. So for me, a composer um, that I would really uh, like to shout out is uh, Jessie Montgomery. And uh, and her name is becoming more um, and, and more popular, you know, making the circles these days. A living composer, uh, a young living composer. She's uh, about my age, based in New York, a violinist, member of the Catalyst Quartet. And uh, for me, her music just has a lot of that uh, that bright, really uh, fresh feeling to it. We actually, um, I- I've known Jessie for a while now. You met Jessie um, at Sphinx uh, last month, uh, maybe shortly after we recorded the conversation with uh, Katie and Delaney. It was just after. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she She's just a, a really incredible contemporary figure in every way. You know, it's easy for us to put composers up on this pedestal and oh, they, you know, spend all day, you know, at the writing desk or not being bothered. But, you know, Jessie Montgomery as much as she uh, writes some really incredible music, she's, you know, she's a, a partier. She knows how to have fun and yeah. um, it, it's really a joy to get to share some of her music um, both when we, um, but both when we uh, talk here on Triloquy, and when we uh, put music on the radio, a piece of music of hers that I uh, think everyone should know um, is called "Starburst." It's for string orchestra, but again, it just has that really uh, bright, exciting feel to it that you can't really get anywhere else. So between uh, Dabrinka Tabakova and uh, Jesse Montgomery, you know, those are two living uh, women composers. You know, uh, as I said earlier, there are a multitude of women composers from uh, days, decades, centuries past that um, deserve uh, attention. So uh, I invite you to really do some research, even just Googling women composers, you know, might you know, open a, you up. Uh, there's one another one that I'd like to
1: shout out sure. because in this conversation with Katie and Delaney, we, we get into some of the segments you know, how they might drag a composer. Sure. And when they shouted out Devon Russell Gray, they were talking about Debussy, you know, and sort of um, everything wrong around Debussy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Well, it was Devon Russell Gray that turned me on to Anna Thorvaldsdottir. Oh, so yeah. if you want something that's a little bit more raucous, something that's going to challenge you a little bit more, I would look into Anna Thorvaldsdottir oh. as well.
0: So as we transition um, into our conversation uh, with Katie and Delaney, you know I just want to acknowledge that it's really an honor for me um, as a male. A podcaster and a, and a man in the field of classical music to really give space uh to folks like Katie and delaney they were um, actually featured in opus two of triloquy actually the very first conversation that i recorded you know so mm. um, so they are a foundational part of of what we do and um it, it's really my honor to offer their uh, very genuine and um and very authentic perspectives you know um pr- pretty early in the conversation you'll hear Katie Katie say that the two genres of music that she's most close, closely uh, connected to is gospel and rap. Right. And when you ask Katie and Delaney um, about the rap music they listen to these days, they're always bringing up Baby. We uh, we excerpted a a, a, pour, uh, a bit of his music uh, I think uh, maybe a couple of opuses ago, uh, a song called Bop. Mm-hmm. I found a really cool uh, piano arrangement of another uh, tune by Baby called uh, Shut Up. It's a piano arrangement by uh, Michael Mattis, and I think that... Uh, We can just take a a quick listen to that as we transition into this conversation with Katie Brown and Delaney Harris from the Classically Black podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> <It is. laughs> uh you know, um it's we're we're gonna do a sort of a recap, you know. It's been a year since uh, we all been been here at convened, um, and uh, definitely want to hear about how classically black is going and how your you know careers outside of the podcast world are going. Um, but you know, one of the things that I was really eager to talk to y'all about was maintaining chemistry. So when it comes to classical music and building yourself up and all that, from the most part, it's just you in the practice room. You have you and your instrument to deal with. But you know, when it comes to uh, podcast, classical music podcasts, whatever you're trying to do, you have to maintain a certain rapport with um, your co-hosts, and you know sometimes things can be challenging or or whatever. But you know, I think as long as the lines of communication are open, um, everything is good. I I feel like we communicate okay.
2: It's gotten to the point where, yeah, we're on each we're on the same page all the time. But there was some fumbling around when we first started. Okay, so what you mean by that? What do I mean by some fun fumbling around?
0: I'll ask y'all this, okay? Between the two of you, who is the texter and who is the one that just does not respond to the texts? Oh, here we go.
3: <laughs> do we have that problem? Mm-hmm. We have other problems. Yeah, well, we have other problems. Yeah. Let's get into
0: it. Let's get into it. <laughs> um,
3: I don't, I don't know. Like, we, we, we have different ways of like um, storing information. Um, like Katie loves her notes app. Oh, I love notes app, and then she'd be like, yes. "You didn't see I updated it in the app? No-. I'm like, "Katie, I can't see, I, I, I can't see the notes app in your phone. You have to put it in the shared <laughs> Google Doc that we can both see." Yeah. <laughs> like, but I'm like,
4: the way my brain works, like my mind is always going, like mm-hmm. I like be scrolling through social media, I'm like, "Oh, that'll be a great intermi- uh, great intermission," or, "Oh, that'll make a great." Uh, episode topic so I just put it in my phone mm-hmm. so it's like for me to have to go all the way to the Google and I'm not like a really organized person like not a hundred in different ways in other areas mm-hmm. of my life but like not in this it's Like that Google Drive junk like I You're finally figured out that. how to put the like our episode you see how good I got at that like I can put the episode template in the episode folder <laughs> like like that you know I'm really
0: that. yeah Google Drive is our thing that's where we keep everything everything is in Google Drive. I mean got the got the 99 cent a month 100 gigs and everything see the yeah. thing I think the thing that
2: Garrett and I wrestle with is I've been at APM for 13 years and I'm part of the process. Mm-hmm. You know, I know how thing I, I know how the workflow goes. Garrett came from a small station where his hands were in every part of the project. And if it didn't line up. Then Garrett was like, "What is going on in this? What kind of? What is
0: going I'll on with the I stay mad. I stay mad at somebody. <laughs> are you still? Are you still mad at me? No, I'm not mad at you anymore. But I, but, but all anymore. I'm but all I'm saying is that the frustration is. Um, when I know that I could do something exactly how I want it to be done Mm -hmm. and it's not done that way because somebody else is doing it, I can't help but to feel frustrated because I'm like, well, I could have done it. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're not going to upload the whatever or you're not going to, anyway, I'm not, none of this is shade. None of these are subtweets, (laughs) Scott. I'm not talking about you. I'm just saying in general. (laughs) Um, So for folks who uh, may not know what Classically Black is, how would you describe that podcast? I think it's,
4: the most informal approach to classical music you could
0: probably
4: get. Okay. Yeah.
3: I think that's a good way. Yeah. It's like, you know, a little a little bit of humor. Me and Katie don't write jokes. We don't try to be funny. We just say things from our perspective, which is sometimes a funny little... Funny in itself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I feel like a lot of people are like, yeah, I never thought of it that way. Like, it's just people people, I feel like, take classical music really 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 seriously all the time Mm. all the
4: types of things all the time part yeah
3: Yeah. it's all the time because also like we we don't want to give across and i don't feel like we do we do come across as though we're not serious classical musicians because Mm -hmm. at the same time like katie and i have things that we don't play about like if katie's like oh i can't record at this time like i must practice of course i'm not gonna be like man you know what what that watson doing for you like i'm not about about to do all that i'm like you must practice like Mm -hmm. you have an audition coming up you know something like that Mm. but
0: yeah.
4: Oh. I think we just try to approach it like we just want to make it as accessible as possible. And I think, I mean, to be frank, I think the majority of our listeners are classical musicians. Sure. However, like, I think for the, the people that I know that do listen to it that are not classical musicians, I don't think they feel lost. You know, I feel like because we, everything's a joke. Not like, not everything, like, but we, everything's like, ha ha ha. And like, even if we're really serious, we bring it back around. So it's like you can follow. And it's like, um, mm-hmm. th- I think the, the, pl- the place we're coming from about being black in the profession, yeah. a lot of people can relate to being black in something uh-huh. or being othered in something. So it's like, it doesn't, if you if you are related to us or you're close to us and you're not a classical musician, then you can still listen uh
3: to classically white. Yeah, and the comparisons that we make too, like like we've had classical musicians DM us and be like, Who is the baby? Like you know, so it's, it's <laughs> both so, sides. Like, really? Yeah. Oh jo- my god, I missed yeah. yeah. right? Remember Joseph Conyers? He was like he was like, Who's baby are they talking about? <laughs>
0: Joseph Joseph Conyers didn't know who the baby yeah. is. He doesn't know who the baby so is. So we oh, were like
3: yeah. yeah, we're like on two different sides. Like there are people that may not listen to classical music, they're like, So who is Wagner, and then other people who are like, who is the baby? Who is Offset? Like, mm-hmm.
0: so. But that's interesting because you know those. I feel like those same considerations aren't uh, put into play when. Someone goes to a concert and they see, you know, a symphony that has four movements that say Allegro, Andantino, Lento, uh, Vivace or whatever, you know, like that. that, that is, that is, as, that can be as isolating mm-hmm. and, and no one's really apologizing for that, you know, yeah. but I don't, so that's why I feel like we shouldn't apologize for... I don't know, So some of the references and some of the things that we talk about. You know, one of our challenges, Scott, is, you know, making sure that we aren't leaving people behind. And, you know, with Triloquy, we're always trying to um, make it to where anybody can relate. So we talk about classical music, of course, but we talk about a lot of non-classical music. And I think that is equally important. To. And it's and it's also, for in my opinion, you know, validating... Um, all music as equally important mm-hmm. and Just equally talk. artistic, I mean, and we, you know, and, mean, and all our, of
4: it. I think Delaney and I have been pretty clear about um, our stance with classical music. I mean, Delaney, Delaney, I think you actually really listen to classical music a lot, but I, I find myself like, um, like I heard Misty Copeland say something that I really resonated with, and she was like, "When I'm doing ballet, it's like ballet, ballet, ballet. But when I leave the when I leave the studio, it's like." I'm not thinking about ballet at all, and I, mm-hmm. and for a long time, I felt guilty about like not wanting to listen to classical music. I've been doing it all day. I practiced diligently, so it's like I kind of want to when I step away from that. Like I wasn't raised listening to classical music, you know, gospel and, like, rap are my, you know, that's what I listen to. Gospel
0: like, and rap. Gospel and rap. <laughs>
4: so, I think when we, we and then, you listen to a lot of old, not it's not oldies, right? What is it? Yeah, like like R&B, soul. R&B, soul. So, like, we bring these influences in, so it's like, we just did an intermission where it was, like, okay, to our Valentine's Day episode where it was, like, okay, give me three pieces that are inspired by love, but give me three of your favorite love songs. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, so, we're always bringing in these influences of what we actually listen to so it doesn't really matter which way you're coming from listening to our podcast like there's something you could grab onto because it's not we're not strictly classical musicians it's not it's not just classical music all the time like yeah. that's all we talk about yeah
0: mm-hmm. um and so twice now that you uh you've mentioned intermission and that's of course a part of uh each episode of classically black how about you take us uh through an episode you know what what, what are what sort of the the format that you that you go for
3: um so first we have um we have an intro which is never scripted usually it's just like a hey how you doing like just so we don't jump right into the show mm-hmm. usually if it's like a holiday we'll acknowledge that or something then we have the news segment which i sometimes joke i'm like every day is a slow, uh slow news day um yeah. but in classical, you know, music. In classical music yeah. is like who's string pop this time <laughs> <laughs> like, sometimes it'd be like that but sometimes it'd be juicy, like the, the they, yeah yeah some yeah sometimes and then um so i do the news um that was after the intermission. It's intermission
4: after the, <laughs> the funny thing is, like, we be acting like it's episode one every time. We be like, but "So how do you start? How do you press record?" It's honestly every time. It's like that. It's it's crazy. We'll be like, "How do you add another? Uh, what's call it? The thing? See, see."
0: <laughs> don't even know. But to be fair, I don't know either. I mean, Scott does all our button pushing and and mixing and everything. I, shh, don't don't give it to me. Well, you two
2: working on your own. Has to be really freeing because Garrett and I have layers of management that we have to answer so to, awesome.
0: and, they <laughs> and they don't let me say. They don't let me say. Fucker! They don't let me say any of these damn cuss words. None of so them. So all that's gonna be edited out. <laughs> <laughs> it, it'll be. It'll be some bassoon beliefs over. <laughs> and I, I
3: love that. <laughs> 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 so that I was like...
2: <laughs> gotta but, do something.
0: But but no, what, you know, again, yeah. What, what Scott is touching on is you know how in many ways. We're just limited because of, mm-hmm. of the organization that we belong to. But it must be so freeing to produce a podcast and not have to worry about, you know, who doesn't want to hear what you have to say or I'm whatever. Cur- yeah,
2: <laughs> I'm curious about, like, uh, if, you, if you were to get, like, some crappy email or somebody DMs you some insults or something, what is your—see, because we're supposed to always take the high road. You know, we're supposed to be we're like, supposed to. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what I said. We're supposed to take, we're, you know, we're not supposed to, we're not supposed to engage. You know, it's supposed to be, we're supposed to demure. So I want to know how you guys handle the crappy DMs and the nasty emails. Do y'all so, even get them?
3: we never got anything that is overtly, na- overtly negative. negative.
2: Oh, so, so y'all get some yeah. shade. Well, I, need to, I need to rewind yeah, this so and restart, <laughs> I guess. <laughs>
3: no yeah, we got some people. yeah. I feel like the mo the person actually that's most um openly critical of the podcast in my face is actually my mother. Oh really? Um, yes, because that's just the type of person that she is. Like she be like, Well, people might get offended if you say that I'm like, they can stay
0: mad. Like
3: that that's pretty my you They can know. put a
0: formata over that mad. Right. <laughs>
3: Period. <laughs> <laughs> because like me, like that's one thing. No matter what we say on the show, Katie and I never put out a, an episode where like, oh, we shouldn't have said that or we shouldn't have done it. Like, I stand like anything I say on the show, somebody can bring it back to my face and I'll stand behind it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll so, double down on it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially like there's some episodes where we like had to
4: say some difficult stuff. Like we did an episode on black achievement in classical music and like why it looks why classical music looks the way it looks. Mm-hmm. I mean like we have to have that conversation. And it's like, all right, let's talk about it. You know, and I think, I mean, but to be fair, there, even though there's no one listening to our stuff before we put it out, unless it's a sponsorship, um, we still have things that we can't say. Just yeah, just in agreed. good taste. Yeah, yeah that we've agreed that we will not yeah. say on the show. Like, even now, probably until Delaney graduates, well, we have a disclaimer that this doesn't represent East, Eastman in any way or, so, mm. or whatever. Like, just things like, a lot of times, if we accidentally say, like... If a friend of mine has inspired something, then I if I accidentally say their name I will I will we will go back and just take it out. Or like
2: Yeah, how much editing do you how much editing do you do? Honestly not a lot. We've been trying to keep it like that.
3: Not yeah. a lot. We've been trying
2: to not take out too much stuff
3: it's mostly just if we make a mistake we don't like yeah. like cause a prime example is when we had our friend Richard on his episode was over two hours long which is our by far our longest mm-hmm. episode and um, Katie was like are you gonna take like some of the filler out and I'm like I don't even know like I'm not an editing guru so I don't even know like how how people edit just portions that are like not needed mm-hmm. like so I was like no like it's mm-hmm. a you know that's the type we're a conversational show so I'm gonna just leave everything in unless it's like a big silence or like we say something and we're like oh, I don't want to put
0: that out yeah yeah and that's kind of you know when you when you mention length we we scott and i try to keep it at an hour but um concepts. but 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 she's turning it but a lot of people um you know, would argue that that is even too long, and and my argument yeah, is that it. in the in the world of podcasting and podcast culture mm-hmm. and the podcast that we're trying to you know sit among, they'll do two, sometimes three hours. You yeah. know, one of the, one of the main podcasts I listen to comes out twice a week, and those average twice about three week. hours. Yeah, the Joe Button podcast. Shout out to you them.
4: Still making that I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> coming for your favor yeah, I mean,
0: no, say, say what you want to say, but, but <laughs> I mean, we, but not just them. You know, we both listen to the Read. Yes, you know, we all listen to the read and that, and that one I think the last one of those was over two hours you know they be playing yeah. all
4: the time because that's how an hour and 30 minutes My am like are yeah, y'all for real <laughs> right okay. but I'm used to listening and also the read was my first podcast so okay, I have yeah. that gauge of like this is how long I listen to a, a show called the love hour and I was like it was over in an hour and I was, every week I'm like, why is it so short? And then I was like, it's called the Love Hour, Katie. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, but I've had people come up to me like, I want to listen to your podcast because it's so long. And I feel like if you're not into podcasting, if you're not like used to turning it on when you're on a road trip or having in the background when you're cleaning and cooking, then it's like, that seems long to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
2: Me and Radar around the around the lake every day. Yeah, you know, almost two hours. That's what, that's all my listening right there. And see, and I, I put yeah. in my
0: uh, earpods uh, when I get off the air from the radio. And well, you know, every day I have a podcast to listen to. Y'all come out on Monday. You know, the Reed come out on Tuesday. Joe Button on Wednesday. You know, on Thursday I catch up on all the Breakfast Club. Friday I forget what I listen to on Friday. Saturday is Joe Button. You know, <laughs> um, again, um, and I forget how I think I first started getting into podcasts. Um, on on the road you know i used to live yeah. in memphis but play in the detroit symphony so i was Oof. you know making an 11 hour drive a uh, twice a week oh, so no. that's when i was i think i was listening to the nerdist podcast at that point and um and that's just how i got into the into the concept of it mm-hmm. um i'm wondering how the two of you uh would convince someone to listen not to just your podcast but to give the world of listening to podcasts a try how, how, how would you try to get folks into doing that I mean cuz there's a podcast for every little single thing See, you that's know a these thing. days. I
4: think you should find like a simple, a Google search and it's like what like thinking about like what your interests are mm-hmm. and then finding a podcast that fits it and then like do the people th- that are speaking on the podcast do you like their energy do you like the structure of the show like Honestly like not to keep bringing up the Read, but when I listened to the Read for the first time because someone had one of my teachers from undergrad one of my teachers from undergrad mentioned like she listens to podcasts I'm like podcast? like what is that even just mm-hmm. goes like a radio show whatever so I'm like I'll I have so much respect for her, but I'm, I know we're not listening to the same podcast. Sure, So, sure. so I was like, okay, I, I Googled, I'm like, uh, podcast for, for black women. And the read was mm. one of the podcasts that came up and I was like, okay, was, I'm gonna give it a shot. And as soon as their intro hits came on oh, and yeah. the beat dropped, I was like, okay, so this, let's see what this is <laughs> so about. So
0: this is what we're doing, okay. And then
4: they were talking about topics that I like saw on the shade room and they were giving this perspective and they were like opening my eyes to Thinking about topics in a way that I would have never even dreamed, and then the listener letters are messy. I was like, This is my podcast. (laughs) So it's like, when it comes out and it's like a three hour episode, I was like, Oh, great. You know, it's also, I don't sit, you don't sit down and be like, All right. yeah, that that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. You gotta like
3: f- find where in your day if podcasts would fit in. Like people think, like, okay, I'm sitting down, I'm listening to the podcast, I'm staring at the wall, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. like, it like you're driving, you're cleaning, washing the dishes, passive like, listening, you're scrolling through social media when you're I walk to emails, class, you're walk, yeah. like when I'm trying, like, oh, I just got the music history, now I gotta switch my brain to whatever, whatever. I'll just listen to the read in the middle. Yeah, you yeah. know,
0: my my combo is podcast, Candy Crush. <laughs>
3: See, podcast,
0: yeah. Candy Crush cocktail, bed. <laughs> if all of those things are happening, I'm, I'm good to go. can hey, nobody bother me. I, I, I wonder if there's some parallels there between getting folks into podcasting or listening to podcasts and getting folks into classical music because that can also be a long form, you know, art form mm-hmm. uh, in a way. Um, but again, I'm not just going to sit down, stare at the wall and listen to a symphony either. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I, I feel like we can't pretend like, Folks are... I mean, so, some folks really are centered in. I feel like I'm centered in, in a way, but again, there's just a, there's a feeling that's connected to, um, listening to the podcast and, and really, uh, feeling like you're in on the conversation with these people yeah. and in some cases, you know, feeling like, you know, them. you know, yeah. I mean, this is Scott, this is your first time meeting Katie and Delaney, and I'm sure you, you kind of feel like, you know, who you're talking oh, to. Oh, I know. How, yeah. And <laughs> I, I have to, I have to say, this is no joke. If I'm ever in a foul
2: mood, I hear you two laugh and <laughs> And it, and it lightens things. I like to listen to you two laugh. But I do have a question about, um, like, features. Do you drag a composer every episode?
3: No. No. Right? No. Okay, because recently
2: recently you shouted out, shouted out Devon, and he was listening to you guys with WC, and he was kind of, like, you know, agreeing. hmm and there was the Strauss episode, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I would okay, drag so, so that that happened <laughs> right around the time. He dragged himself with his own actions.
3: That's so. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't say nothing. Compose just self-drag. Uh, <laughs>
2: we just, I, I,
4: we're just we're just I, the we're, messengers. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I feel like we said. We, I feel like WC came up a bunch of times.
3: Where we yeah, I feel like we don't leave him alone. Yeah, we, we like, we have to leave him alone. What well, we don't,
2: don't you like about WC? Is it a personal thing or is it a music thing? No, yes. yes. although
3: there are personal things to okay. be upset with WC about, it's not a personal thing. I just genuinely, I, I just don't, don't like, like his it. music. I just don't I just
0: like
4: don't, it. <laughs> I feel, I feel lost yeah. when, on a downbeat if there's one. It's right? Like,
0: <laughs> it's just, you said if there is one,
4: it just is. It's like. You just go to the concert and the, the music
3: is happening. I, like, is
4: like, a I can't think of one piece I like by it. I
3: don't know. I'm a bass player. I need rhythm. Like, I don't know. And everything's all
4: flaw, flaw. It's just really, like, not my thing. Yeah. I, I If you want me to listen, I can settle with Ravel. Ravel? Yeah, Ravel,
3: he, he has some he has some stuff for me.
4: Yeah, and I'm perfecting Daphnis and Chloe right now. And it's mm. like, perfecting. oh, is not yummy yeah, I mean, because it has to be in tune. I was like,
0: this is nice. She said she's perfecting it. Okay. Right,
4: Right, but <laughs> starting from my perfection. Yeah. So. Okay.
0: good.
3: <laughs> and like me and Katie, me and Katie don't even listen to, we have some overlap with our taste in music, but like the fact that we, there are some composers that we're both like, we're good. Absolutely. Like, I don't know. Like, it's not even like we're, like we may seem like super instinctive when it comes to music, we're, there's some deviation oh, yeah. there. I'll
0: for sure. So, yeah. so, so Delaney, who are you uh, listening to on the classical side of things if you just decide you feel like listening to classical music?
3: My taste in classical music is really heavily dependent on, like, what I have played.
0: Mm. So it's, like, I'm
3: trying to branch out. Um, So I listen to a lot of bass music, which I've tried to phase myself out of because it's actually just not, like what Katie was saying about, like, being in classical music and then just, like, taking a step back from it. I noticed that listening to music... For my instrument was like not good for me mentally, mm. because it creates like all these expectations, and why mm-hmm. don't I sound like that, and mm-hmm. you know yeah. that sort of thing, but I do really um love some music that was written for bass, and I feel like it's very underrated because people they they see bass and they don't think that's a it's be- an instrument that can sound as beautiful as it actually can yeah. um so I do listen to like a lot of boticini um mm. um what else uh, I'm listening to a lot of Tchaikovsky right now, just because of playing Czech six. Sure, um, Kusavitsky
0: maybe that's mm-hmm. the name that comes to mind for me. Yeah. bass, you know,
3: Kusovitsky. But yeah, on the classical side of things, I also like chamber music a lot, and mm-hmm. I try to look, I try to seek out chamber music for bass because mm-hmm. um, that's kind of a unique sound. So I just um, recently started listening to the Shulov Trio for ch- uh, flute, viola, and bass. And you
0: ain't mentioned a black composer yet.
3: Oh. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> Woo. No, but you know what? Okay, but here, here, I'm I'm planning my recital and I want the second half at least to all be black composers. So mm-hmm. I, I did um I am looking into trying to find the music for the Samuel Coleridge Taylor it.
0: Oh sure, yeah. Yeah.
3: And then also there's another um, composer, Nabate Isles, who is he's he's probably in his 40s he went to Eastman and he wrote a piece for my teacher dedicated to him so that is also something I'm considering uh, being on my recital too so that is something I am like actively seeking out more black composers trying to like maybe request some of that music to be bought by our school so that we can have that because we did have that conversation. I think when we were in Tennessee, like we, we say, we cannot say all this stuff on the mics and then like not
0: Mm -hmm. like,
3: and then I just don't play any music by black composers and I don't seek it out. Yeah. So.
0: Mm -hmm. And you're touching on something interesting because, um, the, the challenge that I feel in my, in the, my radio job, you know, not the podcast, but the radio is people knowing who I am and maybe even listening to Triloquy and not being able to hear, uh, you know, that life's work, that effort, um, in the music that I'm presenting. I I'm, I'm sure you oftentimes feel a, a similar way, you know, that, that 14th or 15th time you have to talk about, uh, you know, a, a Baccarini symphony or something. To to be safe, to that has tapered off. Okay. Okay. All right. The, and the, no shade the, to anybody. I'm just speaking my truth. Okay. I'm
2: I'm saying all I'm saying is I haven't had to do that recently. Okay. So, all right. um, the yeah, the playlist is changing a lot. It's, yeah.
0: And I and I appreciate. And it's not again, it's not just about personal taste. It's about, uh. You know, really presenting classical music, presenting the art form for uh, the quote-unquote diversity that it is. I'm I'm starting to hate that word, but you know, class <laughs> classical music is is so broad and and, and yeah. so colorful, and we mm-hmm. spend so much energy just on these few folks. Uh, Katie, what about you? Who are you listening to on the classical side when you just feel like listening to something classical?
4: <laughs> so right now, I think I spoke a little bit about this on Classically Black. Like, so when I went to um, when I went to Berlin. Uh, and to see the Berlin Phil they were playing one of my favorite symphonies but I forgot it was one of my favorite symphonies I was, I was kind of like I can't go to Berlin and I'll go see the Berlin Phil and they were playing Sibelius one of the night that I was there and I was like what the heck I forgot I love the symphony so much so wh- I realized like because I said like I kind of went through a phase where like I wasn't listening to classical music because you know I went to little thing with on my viola we weren't we weren't really being on the best terms yeah. so
0: yeah.
4: Um, we, I think we're slowly making our way back so <laughs>
0: <laughs> y'all starting to talk again
4: mainly because we have to talk
0: mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> But, um, so I'm really been into, I really like loud, bombastic symphonies. They don't Mm. have to be nothing too crazy, just like loud. I really like that. Um, so I've been listening to like a lot of Sibelius, a lot of Bruckner. I just like that. Just like simple, but just like loud type of stuff. I feel Bruckner's like low-key slept on. I know all his symphonies sound the same, but that's not the point. Um, and then I listen to what I play because I'm still, I'm trying to transition out that um, conservatory mindset, but I'm still kind of there. So, um, I've been listening to a lot of William Fugue. She wrote a lot of um, oh, yeah. viola um, etudes that are actually really beautiful. I just played one on an audition. Um, they asked for a piece on a company that wasn't by Bach, and I was like, "Bet, got you." Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like as violas, we just don't play her enough, you know? Especially like we 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 hound Bach, 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 Bach. But it's like she wrote all these characteristic etudes, and that. Really serve almost the same purpose, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, a lot of little Fuchs right now, and then I'm, I'm just coming off of a Hell Store kick because I did a presentation oh, yeah. on him. I really really like him a lot, like mm-hmm. he a true champion in the viola, you know. So. That's kind of what's in my rotation right now.
0: Yeah, and Hellstork wrote a, uh, a fair amount of really nice bassoon music as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. Shout out to him, uh, Adolphus Hellstork. Uh, but you just mentioned you're in Berlin, you know, a little humble brag. What were you doing over there? That was right, a just
3: li- passing through, right?
4: <laughs> that was a while ago. Oh, and you were all
0: in Prague and stuff. All okay, this well, anybody was in travel. Prague. There
4: was no one in Prague. I went. I, I did a presentation on Hellstork. At the International VL Congress in
0: Poland. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So I
4: just took it flew it was easy for me just to fly into Berlin and then I took a train to mm-hmm. Poland.
0: How was uh how was that conversation received over there?
4: It was it was great, actually. A lot of people were like, um one lady came up to me, she was like, You should submit this to the A V S for like for for the, for our journal the American VL Society Journal mm-hmm. and uh, someone from um, the Netherlands came up to me and they were like I didn't even know this was still a problem like with race and like how this is not being programmed I'm like yo it is it's that's something.
0: that's interesting though because but, yeah. I, I I wonder how many of those uh, folks from the uh, from the Netherlands. Can you know name more than two or three black composers? You know,
3: yeah, it's just, yeah, it's so difficult, like, like when I'm saying, folks here for that, man, yeah, like that. I that's why I've been trying so actively to branch out because I'm like, I listen to what I play, and that is such a, like, who. Who controls what I play? I mostly don't, mm-hmm. to be honest. And, like, my recital was one of the things that I actually can control, and I'm lucky to have a teacher who, when we sat down to talk about my recital, he was like, we basically almost said it at the exact same time. He was like, yeah. I, like just him knowing me, he was like, I knew that was something that you would want to do, and, like, I'm I'm here for it. And he gave me the, you know, suggestions that, mm-hmm. you know, that he knew of and, um, and the piece that was written for him, which, you know, I hope to be able to play, but, I mean... It's just it's just difficult when you especially as a as a student when you have like so little control over what you play and also um over just acquiring music. We were just talking about how difficult it is to get um music by black composers. Yeah. Sometimes so many people went unpublished their stuff was mm-hmm. lost just thrown about who knows yeah you know thrown I mean? away even thrown you away, know yeah.
0: that, that the yeah. music that we'll never know about the composers will never, never know known. about yeah uh but when when you talk about not really choosing uh what you perform uh you know scott again that's reminding me of um our jobs you know i'll, I'll pull the curtain back a little bit you know we have music programmers that really put our playlists together and and I will shoot them a little bail and say that they definitely have us in mind, you know, what we're trying to do. Uh, as we kind of uh, alluded to before, uh, the playlists are starting to look a lot more colorful mm-hmm. because I went in there throwing a little hissy fit about it. But <laughs> Yeah, and,
3: and there's been some change even at Eastman, not with the ensembles at because all. we're playing we played Dvorak's uh, 8 for the... For I think twice within three years. You told know, me like wow. that. I'm Why? Like, My first
4: year at Eastman was your first year, and they paid the boys like eight,
3: nine years. But there are there has been some change in the theory curriculum. With like oh. they they make their own anthologies, and there are like um, I just learned a Samuel Coleridge Taylor song, you know, for for a theory assignment. It's like up. they're yeah, they're like really trying to mm-hmm. diversify the types of music that they present us with, at least from um, it, from a pedagogical standpoint. Mm-hmm.
0: So, and I'm sure you know the, the Eastman's School of Music is such a, a hallowed institution. It, it must kind of feel daunting, uh, you know. Katie, you're not there anymore, but it, it must have it must feel acquired. or must have felt daunting to try to uh, challenge these norms that are are for all intents and purposes, you know, celebrated mm-hmm. across the country and around the world. You know, no one, they don't just let anybody into the Eastman School of Music, and I'm sure that there are certain aspects um, of that institution that they just really protect and don't want mm-hmm. to, and I'm not trying to have y'all, you know, trash the school or whatever, you know, but it, it just must be, again, it must be or must have been a challenge to really question um, and call foul on practices that have been going on for, for decades and decades. Yeah.
4: I mean, well, when it comes to recital stuff, I mean, my teacher was black. So we were both like, so he was like, you could pick the George Walker Villa Sonata, you could pick. <laughs> like, you which one you pick? Yeah. <laughs> so that was like a, that was just what it was. Um but I will say, like one thing really frustrating at Eastman. I can't even just put it on Eastman. It's like, um, it's like what's happening in classical music now. see, I was telling Delaney, it seems like programming composers of color is just like a thing you do, you know, a little sprinkling on top to make people happy, like make mm-hmm. the girls happy so they could say that we did it and then we move on. Because a certain a certain a certain top tier orchestra released Ooh. their se- <laughs> no I'm <laughs> so messy released their season preview for twenty twenty. 2021, mm-hmm. and none of their highlights were black composers. Wow. And I was like, none of I'm like, and then it was like, I forgot what the piece was. I'm like, but this is not a highlight. Like, y'all do it every year. It's like some Beethoven symphony. I'm like, y'all, but, but the year before that, y'all had Florence Price. So it's like, y'all, we did it last year, so we good, right? And I'm not saying, it, it was, to be fair, it was, this orchestra is renowned enough that they're playing, like, a new, a new, uh, what's it called, a new cycle like every week. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, their highlights don't dictate wh- what every conference is going to be. That's not what I'm saying. But it's like the fact that like none of y'all like the whole season wasn't. It's like you're. It's like a um, it's like doing the, a diversity fellowship program, not caring about the actual fellows that are in your program, just doing it so you can get like tax money for it. Sure. It's like it's like a sprinkling on top. Like yeah, we did performance prize, and then y'all do the same people. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like um, it's like y'all either do um. I never see a Cole or Shaler Th- uh, something premiered. None of his overtures are ever premiered. It's like y'all either do some Florence Price Symphony the same one or three yeah. or you do Hailstork American Port of Call and that's all or y'all do. Afro-American Symphony. Or Afro-American Symphony. Those three pieces. That's and not
0: p- that those are very important of pieces course. of music but there is so much more. Because yeah. you never hear me
4: drag Hailstork. I stand him. But it's like <laughs> he brought other pieces besides American Port of Call. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's like that's all you see because it's like yeah let's just throw it in there. That's what it, And that's what it feels like. Yeah. So I can't even really I can't even really say much about Eastman. I mean, I can't because I feel like...
3: mm,
4: But um, (laughs) I just feel like they're kind of just mimicking what everybody else is doing. You can't even really fault the institution for doing that. And I will say in the same breath, I mean, I've said learning excerpts. I get angry when there's a different off-the-string piece when we have Mendelssohn's scherzo. I'm always like, why do we have to learn this? when we have mental character, like there's literally already something for it like what kind of flex are y'all trying to have making me learn music that already serves its purpose yeah but how great would it be if a if a if a black composer was on, on an extra blitz but y'all don't want to do that
0: and w- and you're also touching on again those power structures. So you mentioned a certain orchestra. You know, you kind of. I would never say what uh, it was. <laughs> you, you know, you're very careful about the ways that you refer t- uh, to the Eastman School of Music. And you know, for me, it is so frustrating to see something uh, that is inequitable, uh, to 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 see programming practices or performance practices that I don't feel um, includes me, mm-hmm. and for me to feel a sort of guilt or feel a sort of uh, apprehension about calling it out for me that is that's probably more frustrating than the lack of uh, blackness we see in classical music and classical music programming
4: I mean I will say like this certain orchestra okay it's gonna reveal it but this certain orchestra was the first to premiere Florence Price's symphony so would, wouldn't that be a highlight to do it two hundred years <laughs> later? That's not a highlight?
0: Alright, so we're talking about Chicago, right? <laughs> right. For, for everybody who don't know. Like, yeah,
4: like I'm not gonna say
3: it, but But
4: I mean yeah. that's that's that would be a highlight to me. It's like all of the it's like two hundred years later. Wait, math. Okay. It's like two hundred years later, this 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 um symphony that you premiered, you're gonna do it again. Mm-hmm. That's a that is a highlight. Right. But y'all don't wanna do that. It's like let's just do Beethoven seven again. Like we get it, it's good. You know, yeah. I, I also stay on the second movement. But it's like that would be a highlight. That that is something that would would showcase something that they this is something I really care about. Like we are not just trying to and I'm not saying that's what they're doing. I don't know anybody over there. Sure, but yeah. I'm just I'm just saying like to really show that you really have an interest in this thing.
3: Mm -hmm. That's how
4: you do stuff. It's Mm -hmm. like, what, how can we highlight something else? You know what I'm saying? Or go go down near to Arkansas and talk to Florence Price people and make sure they can release one more thing for us. Sure, (laughs) sure, sure. Because for whatever reason, they just don't want to, but. uh,
2: Do you two think that it's more equitable to have uh, pieces by black composers all throughout the season or shows that are dedicated to those composers?
0: Both. would you would both. you rather go to the all black concert or just go to a concert and see black music on it i
3: i'd rather go to a concert and see black music on yeah. it. i'd, 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 I'd want to do both honestly yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah i'd want to do both but um I would want it to be, like, not just, like, a special occasion, you know? Yeah. Because, I don't know. I See, just... Y'all girls love February, don't you? Right. <laughs> because, like like I said, like me and Katie were just talking about this. I'm a classical musician, but nothing is drawing me into the concert hall besides I have to be there to play. Hmm. Like, ne- <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's it. I'm like, I can listen to Beethoven 5 on my couch. Like, why would I go to hear y'all do it for the trillionth time? And that's, like, one,
0: that's one of the realizations <laughs> that I kind of faced uh when i got off the stage in an official capacity and went more into the world of media why am i gonna uh spend the little bit of free time i have you know sitting in a seat next to folks side-eyeing me because i'm wearing timbs and again hearing beethoven five beethoven six again or whatever and i know and you know orchestras do much more people than really that play but... beethoven
4: six? i'm sorry
0: <laughs> I oh, pe- people play the pastoral they do it they do it. You,
4: you said that first and I was like, I stopped mm-hmm. you. Yeah, you were like, also oh, people play PlayStation Six. I'm sorry. I've never read PlayStation Six. Oh no,
0: no, no, it's fine. But but yeah, I I, I Delaney, <laughs> I I I definitely agree and you're hitting on something, you know, why uh should we spend not only that money but that time, you know, hearing what like you said, what we can hear on YouTube or what yeah. or what we can hear uh wherever else. Um I don't know. We'll, we'll, I don't we'll,
4: have money to just give away. So I mean, but it's have to be a production. You want what kind of what what kind of thing you want? You want some type of overture, some type of new piece, intermission, second half. Yeah. Bet Samuel Ch- Samuel Coleridge Taylor, Jennifer Higdon, intermission, Moller five. It's like it's like that simple. It's not even like we need a black thing what are we gonna do it's not even that it's like- so
2: what do you say what do you say to the people though that say well the reason why they play beethoven over and over or that we've um uh we're hearing uh sibelius whatever it is it's because it's superior okay so they. So, that's what, right right
0: what do i say no, to- wait 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 <laughs>
2: We've yeah, I want to it. I wanna <laughs> get. I want to get. I don't
0: say anything else to today. To no,
2: I want to. Yeah, I want to share it with Steel. you. There was there's a, a guy that used to listen when I was on overnight. There's a guy that would uh, write in from uh, Vienna, and he would say, you know, and I would place play something that was you know a little bit outside of what is what you would consider the canon usual mm-hmm. on our playlist. And he would write something, to let you know some. Well, I can certainly see why okay. uh, the Brahms is better. You know, things like that. So, what do you, I mean? Seriously, if you if you're in an elevator, let's say, okay. I mean, do you just disengage? What do you What would you say to try to get them to change their mind?
3: I honestly don't feel like I would. Me, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know yeah, I feel like I don't have nothing else to say to you. But, but I mean, if I'm taking a step back, I feel like. Realistically, people just need to question, like, why do you think that's superior? Like, not just like I feel like they would be like, well, because I like it better. But I'm like, no, there are there, yeah, exactly. There are reasons why you see that music as superior because at some point. There there's a certain group of people that decided what classical music should sound like and what should be considered classical music. Mm-hmm. So we use those rules to determine what classical music is. And so there's a reason why you hear that and you're like, oh, but it's better because it has this. And I'm like, but you can't, you can't explain that. you you just like, because it is. You know, and because it's always been that way. But that doesn't make it right. Mm-hmm.
0: So how do y'all uh, <laughs> define classical music? <sighs> <sighs> <laughs>
4: Okay. Okay, we didn't we look this up because we went down a rabbit hole planning for this uh thing. Yeah. Classical music is a an art form by which requires you use both of those? Require my <laughs> master's degree. Don't put them now. Yeah, come on, masters. <laughs> yeah. art I'll let you take this one. An art form <laughs> that require that has like a that is built on theory. And I feel like while a lot of music is the way classical music doesn't function without it. Like mm. you could, you could do something wrong in church and it still sounds good. But I feel like you hear a, put a parallel fifth. I mean, but then it's like, yeah, there are classical musicians who classical composers that do put, use parallel fifths sure. to piss people off, right? But it's like classical music is rooted in a theory that people then manipulate and play around with mm. in a way that maybe other music is not so much. It's not as rigid. Mm.
0: Yeah, I mean. I I, I agree with that uh, to a point, but I I also can't help but to think about like um, folk traditions and, you know, let's let's bring up my favorite Brahms, not really my favorite, but, you know, he wrote all of those um, Hungarian dances, you know, based on Hungarian folk tunes, you know, and that's no, no one would argue that that's not classical music, but what he wrote it off of was, you know, folk folk music. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I, and I also think about, you know, Scott, um, we, we bring up uh, uh, Nirmala a lot. We had yeah. a... Um, uh, we, we talked about Indian classical music on uh, mm-hmm. on, on one opus, and, and she kept referring to what she was doing as South Indian classical music, you know, and, and it wasn't a violin nowhere in sight, you know. Mm-hmm. None, neither was there a, a, a white composer involved. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to talk about the thousands-year tradition um, in China, even if you want to bring it back to the United States, I feel like Negro spirituals are as classical as anything else, probably the most, among the most classic of American music.
3: Because yeah. I feel like like what you said about uh, Brahms' Hungarian dance, like he was able to use those influences from those folk songs, and they were like, oh, yeah, this is classical music, but let you throw a Negro spiritual in there, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's too this, it's too it's, that. It's too ethnic. Right, so
0: I... I mean, is that, are the, and again, I'm not asking you to throw anybody under the bus, but are those things that you've actually experienced, people not really respecting the Negro spiritual? I, I'm just, as an example, not respecting the Negro spiritual as much as they respect the Hungarian dance, even though those are both folk, uh, folk-based folk bits of classical music?
3: I'd say the way that they are, the way both of those things are treated in within classical music and within the classical music canon, that's the message that it sends to me. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. Like they you like X Orchestra doesn't have to release a statement saying we don't play negro spiritual. Like they don't have to say it. You guys have showed us this mm-hmm. time and time mm-hmm. again, you know. It's like what else are we supposed to think?
0: That's, that's very heavy. You know, you're right. Actions do speak louder than words. And if, again, if a certain orchestra that is somewhere that we don't know about, you know, <laughs> you know, has released their highlights and, and there's, there's no blackness or brownness in it, you know, that, that is a message that rings loud and clear to me. And I think that same message uh, rings loud and clear when you're talking about radio programming. And, yeah. and, and I'm very thankful to have um, you know, helped influence a bit of change on that front. But we we really have to um, start uh, being more active. You know, I feel like in the past five, ten years the conversation has become very uh, common, but the action is still not very common. Mm-hmm. And um, it's getting frustrating for me, yeah, quite yeah. frankly.
3: Especially when you're looking in the face of an institution that has like so many resources at their disposal. It's like you have no excuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you just have no excuse. and And I feel like they just don't have people in the spaces telling them like, Hey, we should probably move the needle on this a little bit. Like, Katie and I have talked time and time again about things that like that wouldn't happen if y'all had somebody somebody else in the room.
4: Yeah, if you had a if you had a person of color in the room and in charge because that's that's the difference. You could have as many, you could hire as many black people as you want. Oh, yeah. Your whole and, team of black interns. Your whole team of black people. The white people are making decisions. It's like it's gonna stay. It's gonna stay the same. So it's like if you if you I feel like if you had a black person in there and you put you put out yo, like, this is what we think for the season. And the black person go through, and I'm like, y'all, not one of these people, you don't have any women composers, you don't have any composers of color, no black composers, whatever then it's like, I feel people just don't realize that because, Mm -hmm. like, your your view of the world is your view of the world, and and no one's faulting you for that. That's not what we're saying. But it's like, you don't have people of color in charge calling you out. You have people of color making copies of junk, talking Mm. about diversity and inclusion. That's another conversation for another day. I mean, And,
0: and, you know, that loops, again, that loops back around to the the whole conversation of the power structure and Mm -hmm. how, you know, some people in certain uh, positions cannot or at least don't feel comfortable saying certain things or calling certain things out because there's more at stake, like, Mm -hmm. you know, your your very job or, you know, even the respect you have at that job or the Mm -hmm. way, you know, that you, that you're treated. So, you know, how, how do you think, um, the two of you can sort of insight change, um, in in that regard you know what what do you think you can do um as individuals as black women to try to push that needle and to get folks uh not just thinking about this but doing something about it
3: it's hard to say because i feel like there's most people who will click on a show called classically black podcast and keep listening to it are already on our side you know like yeah. we're preaching to the choir so it's kind of it's hard to say we've done a lot on the other side of things, like, trying to bring people into classical music, but I struggled to, to envision how, how we could, um, try to change people's minds about classical music in that way that would feel, like, still true to who we are. Like, because I don't, I don't want it to feel like, well, we're like, please program, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm just not, I'm just not sure how, how that would
0: look. Um, You're right. There is an optic behind, you know, sort of begging this institution. Please include us. Please put (laughs) put this music in there, you know.
3: Yeah. And I feel like we so one of the things that we've done is just try to hold ourselves accountable in terms of like um, the type of music that we feature, the type of things that we talk about and and holding ourselves accountable in the sense that like when we go into spaces that are not like things that are like that are like totally white spaces, just holding, you know, just not wavering, you know, from that. From that conviction. Mm-hmm.
0: What about you, Katie?
4: Um, honestly, it's hard to say because thinking about the the impact that sleep Black is it's really hard when you look at our our streams and the context. It's like I always say, I always joke around, and be like, we sit in my kitchen, you know. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the like what Delaney said about like holding our ground. I think the more that we speak our minds, the more that we try to reach a broader audience. Someone, <clears throat> um, Delaney's job, some of her. Some of her colleagues listen to it, and they, they are, they are people in charge making decisions, you know, in in that capacity. So, if, what if other people at that institution were started listening as well? So, when something like it's time to plan the twenty twenty three season, it's like, you know what? I, I really did hear something classically black about how they're frustrated about this. I wonder how we can incorporate this in a meaningful way. So, I feel like I know it's annoying, but if we just keep doing what we're doing, I feel like we'll reach the right people and keep making noise about things that matter to us. I mean, black people have make, been making noise about stuff forever until people started listening. So yeah. mm-hmm. I, it's unfortunate, but it's just another thing we have to do.
0: You when know? you talk about broadening that audience, I can't help but to think about the the idea of tokenization, you know, because as we've uh, laid out a few times on Triloquy, uh, there is a thin line between collaboration and tokenization. Yeah. And for me, I don't know, I, Scott, I know that, it's possible for us to um, be a little bit more buttoned up and maybe a little bit more accessible to the traditional listener or to the listener who um, isn't necessarily down with what black folks are talking about, have never heard of the read or or, or anything like that. But I, I don't feel like um, I'm beholden. To center that, mm-hmm. I I I feel like I should be able to exist the way I exist. Yeah. Something something else I say all the time. I'm not a tourist of classical music. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not new. I've, I I mm-hmm. came up through the process. I went to music school. I won auditions. You know, so this is as much mine as anyone else's. Right. Why should we? Or you know, I won't even say we. Why why should I? Why should Katie? Why should Delaney have to center the experience and the comfort of someone who? Um, gets to benefit from an institution uh, that was built with them in mind. You know? it's, it's frustrating for me.
2: I, I get that, and I don't have an answer for you. I can tell you that from the radio aspect of it, not only are you dealing with listeners, but we work for a service, and people are, uh, there are program directors at stations all around the country that are paying for our content, and we're satisfying them. There's 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 a lot of things that we are working on um, that we're, are working behind the scenes right. that we don't see, and I always and I always have to tell you know I I try to come back with you on the radio programming bit, that there are some people out there who just like Bach, mm-hmm.
0: and, and there's there are, nothing wrong with and that. And I also, like, you know, I also and like him. But, <laughs> he, but he's not the only composer. That's oh, yeah. I I,
2: that's know. not what I'm saying. Studying, broadcasting in graduate school, I got all of the management and the back of the house stuff. And you have to serve those people. Yeah. And it is our job as presenters to make that exciting. Okay, that, that's, that's what I charge myself with. Okay, I've got a carabini whatever here. What am I going to... How, how am I, that's, that's what I get paid for is to connect them to that somehow. Yeah. You know, so it, it's that—that that is part of our job. I mean, I, I know that you came from a gig where you were doing a drive time show. I—I I, I do think that you're more of a personality. I, my, my
0: philosophy is more to stay out of the way. That's it. And I appreciate that, especially in conversations of race and gender and all that, Scott. You notice I've been very quiet over here. <laughs> no, but we. Uh... I, but but I think, and I, and I uh, said this to Joshua Wallerstein when he was on, or oh, I think when I was on his podcast, um, we don't need to be validated. We don't need white validation. But it's very important for, for people who, you know, represent more of that tradition to understand some of our concerns and to back us up when the opportunity comes, you know. I, I mean, I, I think— I, I, we can't do it by ourselves, you know, as no, much I as we like to. I feel like I do it. that. I feel like I do that. Yeah. Um, now I'm in my feelings. Now I'm all feeling away. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the question that I know I'm going to get, you know, is, well, what what are, you know, from, from a white person, well, what are we supposed to do? You know, the audience isn't there. Uh, I'll I'll speak for um, our organization, you know, on our service, uh, we somehow, we have a, uh, we have age breakdowns, and also uh, race uh, breakdowns. One percent of our listenership is black, exactly one percent. And it's grown on other fronts, you know, even the the Latinx listenership has, has grown significantly. But um, that black listenership is just at 1%. And I know that y'all are gonna um, cover this at um, the live taping of uh, Classically Black uh, that, that's coming up as, as we're taping this. But um, I guess just as a preview, what do you have to say about getting us more into classical music? I mean, I think it's about visibility for mm-hmm. sure, but just mm-hmm. the art of listening, you know, the, the art of putting in some earbuds and listening to something classical. How do you think? Um, we can raise that number from one percent
3: it's hard to say because even i'm not even in that one percent i'm in classical music like i said you know Mm -hmm. so it's i just feel like as a classical musician i'm searching for something different and something that me and katie were talking about um and i think we touched on this a while ago was just like um respecting other art forms as equals to classical music. Um, and I feel like we, we went through a whole rabbit hole. We were talking about rap and we were talking about like everything that goes into it and, and how it's just so complex and people just don't see other, they don't see rap, they don't see R&B, they don't see um, other forms of, of music that are, that were pioneered by black people as, as complex as classical music is. And I feel like if people, if classical music made more of an effort to uh close to bridge that gap because it seems like it's just so distant from everything else then maybe that would um maybe that would bring other black people in because one of the things w- that we figured out when we did um like a mini series and we were uh called put me on when we were trying to bring people into classical music is that like people just had so many misconceptions about it like they were like i mean they they think of like old white guy or, like, I don't know, you know, mm. boring or something like that. And then me and Katie would pick something, like, by a black composer, and they were like, that mm. sounds like that would be, like, in a black movie or, like, mm. is that classical music? You know, like, there's just there's just no diversity in, like, the way classical music sounds in a concert hall. Mm. Like, it's the same things over and over and over again. So I feel like if people were exposed to classical music that sounds different, that uh, sounds Familiar to them In some ways Or even not Because like One of the pieces That we did um, Was like, uh, like Inspired by the Caribbean You don't have to be From Jamaica Or from Cuba To you know To connect with that music Or even to be interested in To be interested in it But I feel like there i don't know i'm not trying to say that people can't like classical music the way it is because yeah. i like classical music the way it is you know i listen to it mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like just, if it's not working and if it's not bringing people in like you have to try different things especially yeah. because they're available and what they're just collecting dust yeah yeah i know um
4: scott said something about like um people like what they like mm-hmm. so i think my big thing is like um incorporating Incorporating things that they don't know they like yet, so and those things can be a point of departure to get other groups of people in. So, just to use the use the example of so let's talk about women composers. I mean, let's switch it up, right? Yeah. So you're gonna play you're gonna do a bunch of Bach, right? But then you're in. In between it, you'll put Lillian Fuchs, right? So now mm-hmm. you have all these women, you, and you're like, we're going to play Lillian Fuchs tonight. And all these women are, you say, like, well, Lillian Fuchs is just a great composer, and da 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 and X, Y, Z. And then you do some Lillian Fuchs, and then you put Bach, and then you then you talk about Rebecca Clark. And like, you know Rebecca Clark had to use, like, a pseudonym because X, Y, Z, and she couldn't write da da, da. Yep. And now all these women are like, yo, really? And then, and then you put some Bach after that, you put some other stuff after that, and they're like... You know, I kind of like this stuff. It sounds like this. So giving people yeah. a point of departure um, and then they don't know what they don't like yet. So black people, because like Delaney said something, it's like, I don't like box not black and I like him, you know, but it's, he didn't have, he doesn't have to be black for me to like him, but mm-hmm. I might have gotten there through somewhere else. And then it's like, now other people are listening, like, I wonder what they, what they gonna put on next week, you know? So, yeah. and then it might not be any black people, you know, because slim pickings, but but they're they're tuned in because they were given a, of the, a point of departure, and I think that's important. I feel like, I feel like a lot of organizations yeah. and a lot of institutions aren't interested and aren't willing and to provide a point of departure
0: mm. because it's just un, it's just uncomfortable for a lot of people. And to, and to kind of you know loop this all uh, back around, um, the way that we advocate for classical music on our respective podcasts is different. <laughs> than them, them, them people are used to hearing. Mm-hmm. People are not used, um, again, to, to hearing just loose conversation mm-hmm. um, as it applies to classical music. And it not having been done before, it not being a standard part of the classical music culture, for me, is why I believe it'll work. I think that because <laughs> it has never been done before or a few are doing it, that's why I think that is the next place that we have to go. So, you know, we will never be the read. We will never be the the Joe Button podcast. We're going to be Triloquy and y'all are going to be classically black and we're going to do what we do and present ourselves authentically as members of the classical music community and advocates for it. Yeah. That's my sermon. So... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just feel
4: like, the, going back to what Delaney said at first, I'm like, the, the way people view classical music yeah. is like... Well, Bach and da da da, we have to, all this stuff, like all this junk, and it's like, it's it's just music. Like, I think one thing I really like about Delaney and I podcast, besides the fact that it's ours, is the fact that, like, yeah, we, we talk very seriously about classical music, and then we joke about classical music, but we we take, like, that rigidness away from it. Like, y'all, y'all were talking, and I was like, people play Beethoven 6? And it's like, mm-hmm. how long have I been playing the viola? 15 years, 16 yeah. years? And it's like, duh. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I was like, Bacharini wrote a symphony? And it's like... Mm-hmm. But, oh, yes, but, he did. But people, <laughs> but people... I mean, I did not know about that for a reason. But anyway, <laughs> people, like put a, uh, uh, classical music uh, on this pedestal like it's like this ivory tower and you one of our folks ain't coming to y'all concerts like mm. th- it just doesn't make sense it's mm. like you, every, you, you have to know everything you have to know everything about everything you have to know composers today you have to know how many symphonies this person write, wrote and all this other stuff just to listen to classical music and that's why people just don't really even want to bother with it because yeah. you can mm-hmm. turn on the baby and you know and he's talking about right. guns and money You're like oh
0: some, right. shit, some, some bop in it right, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's like, you could turn on Beyonce, you understand that. You could turn on Frank Sinatra and understand what he's talking about, but it's like classical music. You have to like pass some type of like pretest to yeah. do it. It's mm. like it doesn't. It's not. It's really just not all of that because people those these same operas that you get mad at people for texting during and kids crying during. Are you making fun of me during?
2: <laughs> it's during during
4: the same the same. Operas that y'all get mad at people for doing these things and going to the bathroom in the middle of an aria. It's like people were throwing popcorn and, and talking and, having, and sleeping, and, sleeping, and, and like all kinds of stuff all the smells and stuff okay.
3: like, when, like during the
0: premiere. She said not, all the smells. <laughs> <of hands laughs> <fall off laughs> Come we were we very
4: far off from the shower,
3: <laughs> right? We
0: very
3: from the off, modern shower, from changing bathwater. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're far off mm-hmm. from washing our legs today in twenty twenty.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> some of them folks anyway. <laughs> But, every, but everyone in this room washes our
3: legs because i'm like don't let not act <laughs> like hiding in there and write a, a symphony specifically because people could not stay awake you yeah. know like right. but i feel like advocate like i try to advocate for classical music which this is not a gr- a great example of advocating for it but it's a it's an example of me trying to incorporate it in regular um things so like i have you know i try to have other interests outside of classical music you know i take other classes and in linguistics and in in, um okay in african-american studies so i have african-american studies class called blackness and popular culture Mm. and for one of um for an assignment it's an optional assignment that you can do you create a soundtrack based off of the themes for that week so one of the theme for that week was blackface menstrual see mm. in the black body so i'm like i'm gonna create a soundtrack that has a mix of like i had pop on there i had r&b i had classical i had opera i yeah. had film music and like i was like i don't think that this is something that has been done before in this class and my teacher was like wow like i you know like this is not these these uh pieces that don't have words in them like i I analyze them in the same way that I that I did a Beyonce song and uh, of course I have a Nicki Minaj song a Lil' Kim song you know okay I know how you feel about Nicki We're Minaj We're not gonna
0: hate on Nicki in here now <laughs> <laughs> You know way I, I like you Gary so I'm gonna <laughs> keep my, my
3: shirt. but I'm like I want to I I want to bring these pieces into a space that they're not normally thought about because mm-hmm. one of the first things that we said in that 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 our teacher said in that class, like we were talking about what popular culture is, and one of the first things that she did was uh, have people define what high culture was, mm-hmm. and of course one of the first things people said going to the opera, going to the symphony, mm-hmm. and I'm like, and, and this is a class where every single person in this class except for one, and there's about probably twenty something people, is are black. Yeah. Every and I'm like I've never been in a, in a college course where everybody's black like but I'm like all these black people are like yeah 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 going to the opera high culture like that's fancy that's you know um, so
0: you stood up and said wait a minute
3: <laughs> yeah so that, that was like sort of my way of like but you can also you can draw connections between like classical music and things that um, that composers were writing and things you know that are going on now and especially because like a lot of this music was popular culture at the time right. like you know these composers were huge in their day You know, a lot of them. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I was just that was like sort of my way of bringing it into a space that was like not centered around classical music. Obviously didn't have like any, I guess, like an understanding of it in that way. And it was also interesting for me as a music student to analyze analyze classical music but not really analyze it cuz i'm not i'm not writing this for a music professor so mm-hmm. i can't be like in the cadence in this thing cuz she would be like what are you talking about like yeah block the she would be like what are you talking about but i was able to explain like like How Debbie has a couple of pieces that are extremely racist. Honestly, and can we can't <laughs> like, He was on there twice for some yeah. of his racist stuff that was like, like you just, know, he shot his wife, like, <laughs> so no, she shot herself, oh, my but bad. then he left her for dead. So, but anyway,
4: but his other girl, it's <laughs> yeah. a mess.
0: I know, I know Debbie C ain't no good, I know, yeah, he I he know one.
3: but but again, like, but the music just I'm like, and for also, it doesn't, so it's <laughs> not <laughs> <laughs> fair, it yeah, just what I, I can't, you know,
0: I don't even know if I'm. I want to go down this rabbit hole, but, you know, we, we are good about um, not, not being careful about the legacies of certain black people who are dead you know, but when it comes, again, when it comes to these composers, if we say certain things that sort of disrupt or challenge their huge legacies, that's a problem. You know, I got a lot of angry emails uh, early one morning um, when I had uh, I, I had something by Handel on my playlist and I talked about how he couldn't have um, written any of this if he hadn't made the money he made uh, investing in the transatlantic slave trade. And, <laughs> I and, know they were mad. But there, trans- were, a, there just, were a couple people who you know appreciated that and um, <laughs> I, I, I think podcasts like ours are for those people you know looking to discover looking to you know learn something and get a perspective mm-hmm. on this art form and these composers that you don't get it at the conservatory that mm-hmm. you don't get it at the uh, certainly the not going to get at the concert hall mm-hmm. right oh yeah definitely not that but you're going to get it from uh, Garrett and Scott and Katie and Delaney
4: I mean no shade but like it doesn't really matter what these men do across across genres I mean if you want to have some, that in common WC could have had twenty wives, and, and they and it, yeah. and he would still be programmed on every. Like I remember, my fave unfortunately was arrested. The baby was arrested two, three weeks ago for something that he didn't do. And okay, he did it, but <laughs> and but pe-
0: it wasn't his fault. Though. I mean, it, was it his really fault. wasn't.
4: They should have just paid him. Yeah, yeah. why? Why? I okay. mean, but the apple juice was a little. Anyway, yeah. so he was arrested and people in the comments like he's just starting off like this is gonna destroy his career and I'm like no it's not. And and the next week he was at the Grammys. It's like <laughs> men can do, sorry, but they can do whatever. It's like um, who else? Wagner? Y'all love Wagner. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And I can't say like thinking learning the master singers. Like that over just slaps. And I hate that I like it. Yeah. But it's like it doesn't matter what he does. It's like so if that's, if that brings anyone some comfort. It's like WC's not going anywhere. The baby's not going anywhere offset. It's like across a, a, cross, a across genres, across like men can do whatever. So we can drag Debussy from here to kingdom come. It's like, it doesn't matter. You're still going to stream. What is he writing? I don't even know what he wrote. That terrible flute harp, whatever that was at that (laughs) festival we went to.
0: (laughs) We just throwing everybody under the bus today. So it sounds like that, you know, there are specific. Well, I know that there are challenges, uh, specific to women and specific to black women today in classical music, but you feel like, uh, a lot of the, uh, women composers of 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 decades past were under more scrutiny than mm-hmm. their than their their male counterparts
4: yeah I mean a lot of women couldn't even use their real names sure so who I, Rebecca Clark won I I, I I don't want get get lying but I know her and her and uh Ernest Black were on the same competition for something and I think he came in second. I should I should fact check this since all these people don't listen to us. but he came in second and Rebecca <laughs> Clark won and and they were like ain't no way she won she a woman da, da, da. And, and it was just like cause her sonata's better Block like come on Block I mean he wrote some stuff but Block yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he got
0: a couple of violin concertos yeah, that are nice yeah, to listen to he is
3: dense was, that mo piece that he got I was just he's an ooh. English composer right yeah Ernest your spot?
0: I'm English? forgetting Scott <laughs> he's not English he's yeah not? I, I didn't think I he was English
4: German, German. A girl. Sorry, you heard that. I was trying to. Anyway,
0: think. anyway, he was a composer. Uh, <laughs> um, well, let, let, let's sort of wrap up. So, if there is, there, there, there's somebody listening right now who is saying, "Thank you." Oh, well, yes, thank let's you. Say you. Yeah, first for of this. all, first and foremost. You're <laughs> right. your audience sounds, yeah. I feel like half of them. Gone, so, okay. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Yes. Right
3: <laughs>
4: Angry, angry emails. Or something. Right. Oh, God, sorry.
0: Before we some, I want to say right. no, yeah. a No, we got a lot, of, a lot of good listeners on the radio and on the yeah. podcast. So Don't lose our email address. Rhymes right. <laughs> going
3: to be spicy in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: no, but but if, if there's someone listening right now who's like, okay, well, you're talking uh, a big game, but who do you really want us to be listening to? Who should we be listening to? How do you respond to that? Who's a composer, or maybe even what's a piece of music that you would suggest to someone uh, to check out to sort of broaden their horizons on? what classical music is.
4: Oh, in general? Yeah. Sibelius 1. You really, really? love that? Are you Are how,
0: is, well, how is that different? How is that different yeah, than what's Cibelius out one. there? So, than what's
4: out there? Yeah. Okay, so first of all, Sibelius slept on. I think so. Also, Scott loves
2: Sibelius. I'm i a big fan.
4: I'm, but I'm not a fan of his violin concerto, honestly. I just, That's fine. I just don't get the hype. But <laughs> like that piece, I think, encapsulates everything beautiful about classical music.
0: Mm. Okay, Sibelius so i I'm going like, to Exciting opening
4: one. You will literally cry at the second movement, third movement. Bum, 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 Listen. Yep. Oh, that's yep. Sibelius
0: 1. Okay, yeah, I know that.
4: Like, <laughs> I mean, slaps through and through. Like, I think that's probably my favorite piece.
0: Sibelius 1? Ever. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to spend ever? some time with it.
4: Yeah, I think it's my favorite piece ever.
0: All right, the wow. second movement? Okay.
4: Yo, he did that. All right. That, I think that one could challenge... But, okay, if you took the complexity out of Brahms, like I think it could challenge Brahms. Could challenge that second movement. We're talking about second movements mm-hmm. across the board. You can challenge Chike, my fave. Like... That second
0: movement. Okay, so so right now, if you're listening, uh, go to. But now
4: overhyped this. so now uh, I am gonna, gonna be like, I'm be like, this, about? But anyway,
0: <laughs> go to YouTube and type Sebailey's Symphony Number One Movement 2
4: Oh, I forgot. I think there's a a, a recording of Gergiev conducting. Which that? Oh, no. so you're here for Gergiev. okay I love Gergiev. Right, shout out to Maestro Gergiev. One of the most interesting conductors
0: out there. Delaney, what about you? What What is the your go listen to this right now piece of classical music?
3: yes especially i'm a libra so i'm very like i'm not usually like buying into like astrology but like that part jumps out i'm very indecisive i don't like uh definitive statements but (laughs) well when it comes to a lot of things but yeah um this is one thing katie makes fun of me for so there's this album that um i listen to so i'm gonna i'm gonna give an album called troubadour blue um by a composer uh, nils boltman um and it has some interesting stuff on it katie makes fun of me because there's these 10 viola duets um she's like why do you listen to this but it's, 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 i don't even know about them yeah it's fairly like fairly new music um but there's there's a cello suite on there there's 10 viola duets it's a piece for solo viola and a piece for viola and didgeridoo which is very interesting oh i think you yeah. mentioned this last
0: time uh, you were on triloquy actually you
3: maybe yeah. I, rem- <laughs> I
0: remember you talking about this di- uh, didgeridoo exactly. <laughs> so I'm this has been your you. fave for a year at
3: yeah because in and i listen i found it on pandora katie also makes fun of me for listening to pandora you still
4: have, you don't have pandora premium so you okay. can wait through the ads okay i still listen to
3: pandora and that's <laughs> my-
2: for businesses that are out they don't even <laughs> exist anymore <laughs>
3: Wow. <laughs> I might as well ride on a freaking horse to go listen to it. <laughs> like,
4: okay.
2: I'll send you um, a carrier pigeon. <laughs> what's that
4: thing with the, what's, that, what's it called? The thing with the crank
2: up? Okay. See, we can't even talk. The phonograph? Herdy-girdy.
0: Phonograph. Yeah, okay. okay.
3: All right, anyway. This- anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, but I I found it um, through Pandora, which I was just talking to Katie about this. Listening to classical music on Pandora is usually a flop because of, um like they can't it can't tell the difference between like different symphonies recording different things sure. mm-hmm. so like like lenoza de figaro overture was played three times within an hour and yeah. i was like okay i love it but come on
0: yeah. you know <laughs> like, i got it the first time yeah
3: like, yeah but um yeah that would be that would be my pick it All has right. some some really some weird some quirky stuff but also some really beautiful things and mm-hmm. i'm I like new music to an extent. So and I also think to it's more I think it's more fun to play than to listen to for me, but mm-hmm. that is a album that I think is really um like it has a lot of different sounds and a lot of you know, it's it's a wide spectrum of okay. things. On and that give album. us the name of
0: that album again. Troubadour Blue. Troubadour by Blue by Nils Boltman. All right, so I gotta listen to Sibelius one and I gotta listen to Troubadour Blue. I'm not gonna so, Sibelius is. Uh, yeah, try carefully. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a try. You so like am I'm, I'm gonna practice what I preach. You know, you you say you can get into new music. New music is my bag. I, sometimes I feel like if it was written before the year 2000, who cares? You know. New <laughs> music. <Ooh. laughs> Like I, like, I am it the, I am what new I new it music.
4: It depends, you know? because <laughs> that of the
3: dumb junk is, like, not it.
4: <laughs> it depends. Like, me and Katie,
3: what's a joke? We said something about, like, concerto for orchestra and three half-eaten blueberry muffins. Like, it'd just so, it was so, like, it'd be was, it was, like, it Somebody did this one, it was, like, it was, like, sonata for three chairs. I'm like, a chair is not an instrument. Like, we, I'm sorry, it's not. And it was, like, the chairs were moving, and one of them was married to the other one. I'm like, you're
0: taking it too far. It's too much. <laughs> yeah, that, those <laughs> can stretch, but there's yeah, definitely but some. Yeah, you know, what's coming, s- yeah, what's uh, coming up? Yeah, definitely so- what's coming to mind now are you know the the stuff that Terrence Blanchard is doing. Yeah, and, there's a lot of know, great You uh, know, Michael Abels, two two black yeah. composers right off beat right there. Earlier uh, in this conversation, Katie, you mentioned uh, Jennifer Higdon. I, I love what, oh, uh, yeah, she's what, what, what she's doing. I'm, I'm hey, she, she has a great Viola Sonata, uh, Viola Concerto. Let me find out. You know, mm-hmm. I had no idea. Yeah, that, that and that third movement is kind of. It, 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 it you get into the groove I with it. I to tell
4: y'all, Viola does yeah. something. Listen, <laughs> Bartok did too much, and I feel like now y'all just want to do a lot, but I'll take a listen. Oh, I love yeah. that Bartok
0: uh, Viola concerto too. Okay. You don't care for that? I like Bartok. I love, I love. yeah, I love Bartok in general, but uh, mm-hmm. that Viola concerto is great too.
4: Yeah, I, no, it's really beautiful. I don't, I don't, you like Walton better or, or Bartok?
0: Probably, probably the Bartok, mm. but you know, bar, Bartok was. You know, he 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 didn't care what y'all thought. Right. he so. shook the table. Yeah. So.
3: But when I got into mu- new music on something, when I saw those little black square notes that said, play whatever notes you want, I was Sweet. like, this is <laughs> my type of piece. <laughs> Cause I'll be doing that anyway. Oh, you, you
0: wasn't like the SpongeBob, all right, I'm going to head out. No, I
4: was
3: like, okay, play whatever notes want, period. But
4: so, <laughs> it depends on the music. Like, I'm not like, close off to new music by any means, yeah. but like, because a lot of the new music, but, so maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm, a, I'm the problem. Because if it sounds like something I can get down to, I'm like, okay, like, uh, what's that? The, the seven last words of the the
0: unarmed. Yeah, Joelle Yo. Thompson. Yeah, that was the first time I was in the concert hall crying yeah. over something. I
3: played in a really <laughs> powerful concert over the over the summer where um, it was like a, there was a short film that won um, this HBO competition and we played the the music for it and it was you know. It, it was about gun violence, um, and that sort of thing. And they had all these mothers that were that were the mothers of victims of gun violence and police brutality stand up and in white. We were in Walt Disney Concert Hall, and like the orchestra was black. And I was I lost it. I was like I can't, you know, I'm sensitive. I cry real easily. But that was just it was just too much, you mm. know. And it was just like a very that's a, con- a concert I love playing every year with the Inner City Youth Orchestra Los Angeles. We did the Aretha Franklin tribute. It was just like a black experience on Disney at on Walt Disney Concert Hall stage like yeah. it's just it's powerful every time
0: Yeah oh, I forgot you're in LA yeah shout out to LA say yeah. hey to say hey to Slawson uh Slawson next time <laughs> you're at home um you know I feel like I'm a preacher right now. Every every ten minutes, I'm saying we're gonna wrap up. But for, but for real, for real now. So yeah, we'll uh, so no. Katie, you're uh, you graduated uh, from the Eastman School of Music. What, what are you what what are you doing uh, these days? What what are you kind of looking forward to? What what's going on? Just
4: you know, I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I took a year off, and I I'm teaching right now, in Rochester. I'm really actually enjoying the teaching that I'm doing because I do a lot of high poverty. Mm -hmm. um after school type stuff Uh, not all of my teaching is high poverty actually because one one's a private school but nevertheless i really enjoy the type of teaching um because i started off with public school and it just really wasn't my jam so i'm really liking that right now um and i'm taking a a host of auditions i'm i've cast my net pretty far so i'll see where i land i think i i didn't it's not like i didn't take a series last year but i kind of was like I think I, I was instructed and advised to just like keep it small. Yeah. But I, I didn't really like my options, so now it's just like yo, I got time. So, kind of. So I'm like I have a whole bunch of stuff. So I'll see what I'm doing. I'm looking at some faculty positions, schools. So we'll we'll see. But I'm trying to get out of Rochester. Rochester's great. Yeah. But um, I just want I I want to keep going.
0: Professor so. Brown.
4: I was I we'll gonna say? Professor we'll <laughs> <see>. Brown. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so Doctor. Doctor Brown. Doctor.
0: Yeah, we'll see.
4: What I, I, I want to play, so okay. um, I'm I'm, far, I'm leaning more heavily
3: towards a school. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay, Delaney. So you are, is this your last year at Eastman, <laughs> or what's going on?
3: Kind of. Yeah. So I took a semester off from school. Oh, um, good The for fall you. semester. Yeah. yeah. So I have to make it up. So I will graduate in the fall.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. And then you got any thoughts about what's happening after that?
3: Mm, I okay. <laughs> so I have a high school diploma, so <laughs> we'll <was> to- <laughs> see. I'm um, sorry. I I dabbled in the arts admin world while I was right. away from away from school. Oh yeah, you sure did, yeah. But I also dabbled in an institution with tons of money and like so it was, you know, I, I'm I'm curious as to how what I learned there will translate to smaller organizations and you know, but I wouldn't be opposed to that. I'm thinking about another performance degree, but honestly, it's not looking great for that. To, to be honest. <laughs> so
0: I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know. And then, of course, <laughs> folks can uh, check out Classically Black on, you know, whatever podcast platform. Correct? Yeah, wherever
3: you
4: listen to podcasts, you will find us.
0: Just search Classically Black.
4: On Pandora. They never told us, but we we're on there, too. Yeah. So I got to add Are that to Are
0: we on Pandora? I- we need- What's Pandora. Okay, okay, that means we just, need to get on Pandora. Just apply
4: <laughs> and then wait three months and just search your name and see. Yeah, three
3: months. <laughs> no, because we they never got back to us and then yeah. we were searching something for the show classical music and then I scrolled. I was like, what the heck? Like it was our podcast. I was like, okay, mm. and it was like updated too. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, so. Well, um, I, I will personally say that I'm um, definitely a fan of classically black. You know, I think. You know the work that the two of you are doing um, sort of validates the work we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're and you know as, as we sort of began by saying we are under a certain um, set of rules and regulations and and limitations. So you know to to see the two of you spending your free time, you know, really um, advocating for classical music in the way that you want to do it, you know, I I, I love it. I, I I think it's phenomenal, and I hope um that you know more of it more of it can happen and there can be fewer doubts yeah. around dealing with classical music in a laid back non serious way
3: yeah mm-hmm. yeah cuz i've listened to trillicky i'm like oh y'all so smart like y'all yeah, are like that's smart. right what i what I would like to do when I'm like in front of people that might hire me someday, you know what I mean? Because oh. like, I mean, it's like a bleak for me. So.
0: Because <laughs> I'm so I'm
3: like, people be like, "You guys are just so." I'm like, we would just be on these mics talking. I
0: mean, after
4: that
3: CSO thing, we
4: gonna see what's gonna
0: happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see what Chicago got to say to us after this come out.
4: I mean, why did say nothing bad? I mean, if you, I mean, if you're mad you mad about it, that's the problem. That's not true. It's the shoot for I mean.
0: Alright we need to anyway, you guys didn't have to say
2: Just send me an email with what you want to cut out, ladies. We we
0: we we uh, are we finished or are we done? Yep. <laughs> All right, thanks y'all for listening. <laughs>